Hyundai makes a major investment in Southeast Georgia, as the automaker will build a new electric vehicle manufacturing plant in Bryan County. The nation mourns after a school shooting in Uvalde, Texas, leaves 19 students and two teachers dead. And a pair of heated political battles are set for this November in Georgia. I've got those stories and more in this episode of WTOC's Weekly Wrap, a recap of the week's biggest stories from around the coastal empire and low country. I'm digital anchor Jake Wallace. It is my great honor to officially announce that Hyundai Motor Group will build their first dedicated electric vehicle manufacturing plant right here in this good soil in Bryan County. That's Georgia Governor Brian Kemp on Friday, May 20th at the Bryan County Megasite just off Interstate 16 in Ellabelle. Korean automaker Hyundai Motor Group will invest more than $5.5 billion to open the new electric vehicle and battery manufacturing facility. Hyundai says other suppliers will invest another $1 billion in the project. That manufacturing plant is expected to bring approximately 8,100 new jobs to the area. Construction on the facility is expected to begin in January 2023 and full production expected in the first half of 2025. Local and state leaders say it's not just Hyundai's investment and job creation that has them excited, it's everything else that will come with this plant that they say will impact Bryan and neighboring counties. Here's Governor Kemp, followed by Richmond Hill Bryan County Chamber of Commerce Chairwoman Emily Cannon, and finally the president of the Savannah Tourism Leadership Council, Michael Owens. The good thing about this is it's going to give growth and opportunity in the right places in those counties. You know, it's going to be on the I-16 corridor, which I think most people, that's, they expect that to be more uh, commercial, industrial type growth that protects the quality of life that we have in our communities. But it's also going to give those citizens and and their kids and, and their kids' grandkids, or their kids' kids, which would be their grandkids' opportunities, you know, 10, 20, 30 years out. I mean, this is an investment in a, a partnership that we're going to have for the next 40 or 50 years. After that direct industry comes, then's when you get the additional restaurants, the additional mom and pop, those, those small businesses that kind of surround and join in and fill in the community. So we can expect down the road to see that kind of slow and um, kind of homogenous growth that comes around a, a large investment like this. Well, the regional spend and where folks want to live and where they want to raise kids and where they want to put them in schools, you know, this is a lot bigger, again, than one small community in southeast Georgia. This whole region is going to take part in. WTOC's Jessica Savage and Dow Kennedy made a trip to West Point, Georgia, where Kia built a manufacturing facility that opened in 2010. Jessica and Dow spoke with community leaders in West Point and the surrounding area about what the plant brought to that community. You can see those stories in the link you'll find in the description of this podcast episode. While many state and local leaders are excited about what the Hyundai plant will bring to South Georgia, those who live near where it will be built have some concerns. WTOC's Flynn Snyder spoke with a couple people in the area who worry about what the plant could do. Here's his report. Many of the people who live near this mega site admit that growth here is inevitable, but how that growth is implemented, questions around that growth remain. I spoke with one woman in the Aspen Lane neighborhood. That's a subdivision with homes that are right next to this mega site. She says for years, residents there have known development was coming. She said she actually prefers an industrial site rather than new homes or shopping centers coming here. But still, she says she's worried about how close the mega site will be to her property and what type of roadway and noise impacts this project could have. 
We're hoping that if uh, you know we have this industrial site that comes in here, that they're going to be good neighbors, and they're going to want to work with the people who have lived here and moved out here for the quiet, for the solitude, um, you know, and not take that away from us. And I spoke with another woman who lives closer to the city of Pembroke. She says she's worried the community atmosphere here will go away once this mega site is operational. They have a huge opportunity to expand Pembroke community, house people here, and really make Bryan County a really awesome community. And I am worried that they're not going to do that. They're just going to turn this into kind of a rolling sprawl of old warehouses and, and defunct kind of things that don't benefit the residents of this area. Because <laughs> I wanted to take her life. All I can hope is that she's just not a number. Hopefully something gets resolved. That's all we ask. Parents grieve and the nation mourns as 19 elementary school students and two teachers are dead and many others injured after an 18-year-old gunman opened fire at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas on Tuesday, May 24th. The gunman is also dead. It's the deadliest shooting at a school in the United States since 20 children and six adults were killed at Sandy Hook Elementary School in 2012. The night of the attack, President Joe Biden addressed the nation, calling for gun reform. These kinds of mass shootings rarely happen anywhere else in the world. Why? They have mental health problems. They have domestic disputes in other countries. They have people who are lost, but these kinds of mass shootings never happen with the kind of frequency they happen in America. Why? Why are we willing to live with this carnage? Why do we keep letting this happen? Where in God's name is our backbone to have the courage to deal with it and stand up to the lobbies? It's time to turn this pain into action. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives confirms a rifle found with the gunman was manufactured by Daniel Defense, a business founded in Savannah. In 2009, the business expanded its manufacturing facility in Black Creek and has since expanded into a second facility in Ridgeland, South Carolina. WTOC reached out to Daniel Defense for a comment but was declined. Savannah Police Chief Roy Minter is a nominee for the title of U.S. Marshal. Chief Minter was nominated by President Joe Biden on Wednesday, May 25th, and has led the Savannah Police Department since 2018. Minter will now go through the confirmation process and continue in his role as police chief during that time. Savannah Mayor Van Johnson and City Manager Jay Melder have commented on that nomination. You can see what they had to say in this story at WTOC.com. The state of Georgia is set to see a pair of hotly contested political races this November that will have the attention of the nation. Republican incumbent Brian Kemp is set for a rematch with Democratic candidate Stacey Abrams in the gubernatorial race after Governor Kemp easily secured a victory in the Republican primary on Tuesday, May 24th. Kemp picked up 73% of the vote, fending off his top challenger, Trump-endorsed former Senator David Perdue. Here's Kemp from his watch party on Tuesday night in Atlanta. And tonight, because of your support, Georgia Republicans went to the ballot box and overwhelmingly endorsed four more years of our vision for this great state.
Meanwhile, in the race for one of Georgia's key Senate seats, it will be incumbent Democrat Reverend Raphael Warnock against Georgia Bulldog football legend Herschel Walker. Walker received 68% of the vote in the Republican primary and now turns his attention to a race against Senator Warnock. I got to warn you, though, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Because the people in Washington who want to stay in power will come after me with more lies and attacks. They'll come after you too. But I'm prepared to take the hits. The harder they come, the harder I will fight. In local races, Wade Herring and Joyce Griggs are headed to a June 21st runoff in their Democratic primary for the U.S. House District 1 seat. The winner of that runoff will face incumbent Republican Buddy Carter in November. Roger Moss is the unofficial winner of the Chatham County School Board President race. That vote will be certified on Tuesday, May 31st, which would make Moss the official winner. Moss spoke with WTOC and said he's ready to get started as soon as he can. This whole philosophy that children thrive, they absolutely thrive in a culture of high expectations. And we want that for every child in every school, and we can do that. I can't wait to get started. You can find results for all the local, state, and federal races from Georgia's primary at the Election Center at WTOC.com. You'll find the link in the description of this podcast episode. You can get the latest news, weather, and sports updates every night on The News and all the time at WTOC.com and on the WTOC app. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend.